If you have something to say, or you feel strongly about a subject, or you know that if you just turned up the volume a little bit on the work that you do, then this is an episode that you don't want to miss. Welcome to The Road to Seven. I'm your host, Sheila Cummins. I am an entrepreneur, a mentor, an investor, a wife, and mom to three beautiful children. Women entrepreneurs are up-leveling and changing the rules for business strategy, leadership, success, money, and impacting the world every single day. The Road to Seven is the diary of business strategy for women entrepreneurs. We meet you where you're at in your business and champion you along the road to your vision. And I am honored you chose to join us today. Ready to go? Buckle up. It's time to hit the road. Welcome back to The Road to Seven with Sheila Cummins. My name is Sheila Cummins, and today my guest is Roxanne Francis. Roxanne is a powerhouse. She's also an entrepreneur to keep your eyes on because, my friends, she's about to go big. Roxanne Francis is an award-winning psychotherapist registered social worker, consultant, and international speaker who's been helping people access tools to change their lives for over 12 years. She's the CEO of Francis Psychotherapy and Consulting Services, where she is the lead therapist in her group therapy practice. She coaches other therapists and provides consultation to various organizations, addressing topics such as mental health in the workplace, diversity, equity, and inclusion, racial trauma at work, burnout, and women's issues. Roxanne is an adjunct professor at the School of Social Work at the University of Toronto, and in 2020, she was recognized as one of Canada's 100 Black women to watch. She is a sought-after podcast guest who also writes for print and online publications and shares her mental health expertise on multiple local and national media outlets, including CTV and breakfast television. Roxanne shares an incredible business journey where each and every pivotal moment comes from her stepping up and sharing her voice. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. My guest today, I met at a networking event just a couple of weeks ago run by the unstoppable Monique Bryan. And Roxanne and I were sitting across the table sort of on an angle. So it was a little bit tricky to talk to her personally and one-on-one. But, you know, I sat down and as a table, we started talking and she and I just kept talking and talking. And it was one of those moments where I just couldn't talk to her enough. And which is exactly why I wanted to bring her on the podcast today, because she's had an incredible business journey. This is a woman who is just breaking down every barrier, who is trendsetting, who is innovative, and who's really carving a new path when it comes to psychotherapy and and adult and children's mental health. Roxanne, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Sheila. It really is my pleasure. Oh, well, the honor's all mine. Roxanne, have you always been a psychotherapist working in the mental health field? Tell us a little bit about how you came to this place. Yeah. So, wow, it's it's quite the history. So I, I'm an immigrant to this land called Canada. And when I came to this country, I had to break my education and I was actually studying biochemistry. <laughs> oh, wow. Believe it or not. Yes. And when I came here, I had to 
reevaluate. It was difficult to get back into school studying the same thing. And I ended up having to put school on hold. And in the process of putting school on hold, I realized that my passion really lay with connecting with people. And I was really heavy on social justice. And where I come from, there isn't a social safety network. And so that became a passion of mine. And so I went back to school for social work. As I pursued that, I began to realize that I really, really, really liked connecting with people and helping them solve some of the mental health challenges. You know, I cut my teeth when I left school. I started in children's mental health. But as I worked with children, I got connected with their parents. I got connected with their moms and I would help them solve some of those pieces. And then I went to a different organization and started working with the broader population and the rest, as they say, is history. That's amazing. But that that central key has always been mental health to get care of women, children, men's mental health. It seems that that essential element between all the pieces was this real advocacy and championing for taking care of our mental health. Yes. Where does that come from? Wow. I have really just, as my career has progressed, I think I began to see what happens when people are unable to take care of their mental health. And I began to realize that what many people don't understand is that the foundation for solid mental health in adulthood really begins in childhood. And so sometimes we get to a place in our adult lives where we have these mental health challenges and we beat ourselves up thinking that we are at fault or I am broken. And so having a conversation with someone who is able to help you peel back some of those layers and help you recognize that you are not broken. In fact, and maybe even your parents were not broken or parents or caregivers parent from what they know. Right. And so oftentimes it's, it's, a, it's a lot of forgiving of what happened when you were a child, but also recognizing that there was a foundation that was laid for where you are now, but also recognizing that we can change that. Maybe sometimes we're not often responsible for the things that have happened to us, but when we get to a certain place and there's awareness, we're now responsible for the outcome, right? We're now responsible for accessing the support. And really and truly, if we don't have our mental health, Sheila, we don't have anything. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I work with hundreds and hundreds of women entrepreneurs. And I think the common theme that I often see is people don't actually know that they're struggling. Mm -hmm. They are tolerating a state of being and a state of mental acuity and mental health, if you will, for lack of a better word, Mm -hmm. without realizing that they really are not functioning at what they could be. Yes, you're absolutely right. I've seen it time and time again, and I don't know how many people I've sort of very quietly pushed towards going and getting some professional support as well as my coaching. It's not my lane. We all know I know my lane (laughs) with it. How would somebody know that maybe their mental health is potentially standing in their way, holding them back, hurting them? What are some of the key indicators? I tell people, I get that question quite often. And I tell people all the time, you know, pay attention to your ability to function, right? How are you, how is this impacting your day-to-day life? If you were able to function at 100%, what does that look like? But if you are not functioning at 100%, if you are struggling to get out of bed on a day-to-day basis, if you are struggling with taking care of your children, if you are struggling with, you know, maybe even just tidying up your home, right? I know a lot of my clients who really struggle, just cleanliness can be a a difficult thing. 
if you know that you're usually on the ball with your business, but suddenly you're overwhelmed by your, the status of your, your inbox, mm-hmm. right? These are just some things to pay attention to. And I encourage people to give themselves a scale of like one to 10 and 10 being I am functioning my best self and one being I need to call the doctor. Yeah. Where are you on that scale? And if you are at a four or below, then you know you need to, to pay attention right, to the things. Yeah. And I think mental health is something that needs to be worked on every single day. Yeah. Actually, I think it's important that we do talk about that before I ask you my next question mm-hmm. about your, your company. What are things that we should be doing on a daily, weekly, monthly basis? Connection, connection, connection. Mm-hmm. And this doesn't mean that you have to be an extrovert. But, you know, I tell people, even in even in infancy, we're not born out into, you know, the child is thrust into the wilderness to raise themselves. We're born into community. Whatever that family looks like, we're born into people to take care, to help us see through. And so one of the reasons that the pandemic has been so difficult and many of us is because of that isolation, right? It is in community that we we are able to figure out who we are. It is in community that we're able to solve life's issues. So connection is key. Movement. So moving your body regardless of what that looks like, whether that's stretches in the morning or going for a walk, having a dance party as you're emptying the dishwasher or, or, or going for a run. But movement is really, really key. Hydration is important for just mental sharpness, if you will. And let's see what else. I think talk, either talking to another person or journaling, I think is really, really helpful because sometimes we get caught up with the thoughts in our minds. And that's where the overwhelm and the stress begins. And either talking to someone else or journaling, it's like unraveling that, that, that gnarly ball of yarn, right? It becomes yeah. more, more accessible to you, the thoughts. Yeah. I love that. I think, and that, I thought everything I love about that is just so tangible. It's just mm-hmm. making a decision to do it and carving out the time. That's right. So take us back to that moment where you left, you were working for a larger organization providing therapy services and you were like, nope, that's it. I'm right out. I'm going on my own. I want to prioritize my kids, my life, financial freedom, all of the indicators of why women tend to leave very solid, high paying jobs. Tell me about how you got that first client. How did you make that shift? Again, it's back to community. I was at a place where, you know, I need to leave. I need to leave. And one of my former school mates, we went to school together and I noticed on LinkedIn that she said, you know, she's a CEO of her own. And I got annoyed. I was like, I, I admit, I, I, I bristled to admit that I got, I got jealous. I thought, you know, I have more experience than she died. I, I just was, how did she do this? I'm, I'm here trying to figure this out. And something said to me, stop getting mad, call her and ask her how she did it. And so I called her up and I said, Hey, how did you, we get nowhere by ourselves, Sheila. Mm-hmm. We get nowhere very by ourselves. And she was so helpful. She said, you know, I know such and such and they're opening a private practice on their own. And you know what? As a matter of fact, they're looking for someone to work with kids. Don't you have a specialty at the kids? And I said, yes. Mm-hmm. And so I reached out to her and she said, you know, we're not looking for someone full-time. And I said, that's good because I'm not ready to leave my full-time job just yet. And she said, we're looking for someone who can provide these many hours and so I said, sure, sign me up. And so we connected and I just started telling people, I just started telling people, I'm seeing clients, I work with children. And she also started connecting with her community saying, I have someone 
who is working with children. And so it just started to trickle through. It just started trickling through. And then I had my first, my very first speaking engagement in that community. And I had business cards printed up. And I just started to speak about what I knew of at that time, which was children's mental health and parenting. And all the parents, all of their ears perked up and they just started snatching up the business cards off the table. And that's how. And so, you know, I, I, I hear often that holes melts don't get fed. And it is so true. Me sitting in the corner saying, ah, I wish I could. That was going to get me nowhere. And so reaching out, saying to someone, hey, this is what I want to do. Can you show me how you did that? You know, give me some advice. Do you know who can help me? Those are the things that I think have been really, really helpful for me. I love what you just said. And, you know, it's interesting. I had a conversation with one of my clients last week and she's trying to fill her program. And literally she's whispering about it. Like, hey, mm-hmm. we've got a really great program. I think you should join. And I'm like, hey, whispering's not going to fill your program. You're not yeah. chatting about it. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's so in align with what you're saying when you've got, when you can help people, mm-hmm. you have to let people know that you can help them. Mm-hmm. And yep. so it was speaking, it was having conversations, it was putting it out. I know you're very prolific on social media. You do a, a terrific job on there. Just talking about the issues and helping people see that they don't have to tolerate anything. Right, right, right. 100%. And I think people need, people need to hear someone say that. It almost gives them a, a bit of a permission and they can move forward. That's amazing. Now, one of the things that you've been able to do that a lot of people are at the stage where they're wanting to learn how is you have already started scaling Francis psychotherapy. Mm-hmm. You've made that shift. And I know you've made other shifts and I want to talk about that too. But let's just talk about how it came to be that you, you got to the point where you were full and you're like, okay, I can't do this by myself. How did you start bringing on therapists? Who did you bring on? How did you start scaling? I can't say that. I don't know if I should say this to all of your listeners and all the things because this isn't the, 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 I'm sure this isn't the best way. Oh, come on. I, <laughs> I, I, I got really busy yeah. and I started getting, I did some consulting and so I started getting more corporate work. What was happening is that I was getting busy with the corporate work and my clients were waiting too long to come back for therapy. And that's just not ethical, right? And so I decided that I needed to hire someone. I spoke to my assistant. We got a job description together. And so we, we posted the job description. I posted it everywhere. And so we started getting the applicants. And so we weeded some out and I had some interviews and there were four people that I could not decide between the, the four people who just rose to the top. And I'm sitting at the kitchen counter one night. And I said to my husband, Oh man, I can't, can't decide. All of these people are excellent. And he looked at me and he said, just hire them. And I thought, get out of here. I just need, I only wanted one more person. I just want one person. I don't know anything about running a company. I don't know anything about hiring no four people. And he said, and, and, and this speaks to having people who will speak into your life. He said, you just, the only reason you don't know how to do it is because you haven't tried, right? It's not because you can't. You just call them up and hire them. And, and so I did. They were the four best people. And I called them up and I said, hey, how do you feel about this? And they all came on board and they were just, Excellent. We have the same values. We are all skilled in similar ways. Some of them specialize in different areas, which is really, really great. I have white women, women of color. It's just, it's, it's just phenomenal. Now that the pandemic hopefully is on its last legs, 
you know, we've been able to meet together. We recently had a team photo shoot and we're just moving forward. And it's just, it's, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> I love that there, you know, I think the diversity in therapy is so critical. I think there are not enough people of color who are therapists and working in the mental health world. And if yeah. people don't identify or see themselves as similar to the people who are helping yep. them, then they think it doesn't really apply to them. Yeah. Yeah. It can be challenging. I've, I've spoken to lots of different people and you're right. People need to see themselves reflected because when it's, it's wonderful to have a therapist who's an ally. I think that's fantastic. But what that sometimes means, depending on how much the therapist knows about your culture, what that sometimes means is that you spend half a drug session explaining what's going on instead of getting the support that you need. And so sometimes when you don't have to explain, you can just focus on the issue at hand. And so that that becomes important. Well, and I think it's right in alignment with your mission of creating the next generation of, you know, healthy minded little people to run our world. Yes. Gosh, won't that be a nice shift? Yes. I think through your work with diversity, through DEI, through the corporate side, tell us a little bit about how you shifted into being a real advocate and a real champion and consultant in terms of implementing DEI in the workforce. So I started out with just wanting to talk to organizations around mental health at work. And that eventually started to shift, particularly when all of the, 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 the things around race started to float to the surface in our culture during the pandemic. And what started happening was that I was getting calls from organizations saying, we don't know how to address this piece. And I've had, you know, living in this country for over 20 years, I've had my share of being the only in the room. And I've, I've, I've come to terms with that. I've, I've just managed manage that, but I began to realize when, you know, when I was at my own organization, these are things that they never talked about. And I always wished that they would. And even when I made comments, they were kind of just, you know, sidelined. And I thought, well, I'm not in that organization anymore. I have a real opportunity to help people in their organization, help their staff. And, you know, I think what really, sh as we're speaking, I'm beginning to realize what actually shifted for me when I left my organization and I started to pursue private practice full time in the very early days, I was very hesitant. I was like, what, what if this private practice does not work out? And so I took a very small part-time job as a social worker in, in an agency, just on a part-time basis. And I remember after a very high profile tra tragedy in the community, we had on the very next day, we had a team meeting, a Zoom team meeting, and I was the only woman of color at the table. And it was just business as usual. And I was at a place where I had to turn my camera off because my tears were, I was just so overwhelmed. Yes. The tears were welling up and it was just business as usual, as though this thing did not happen or maybe they didn't know about it. But I was, I was shocked. I thought to myself, how is this not being even, even a check-in? You know, and I thought, okay, surely the director is going to check in with me after the meeting, but she didn't. And I thought to myself, okay, if this is happening to me here, it's happening everywhere else. And the message that it, the, even if the leaders in the organization feel compelled or they, 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 they have that compassion, sometimes they don't say anything because they don't know what to say, but the silence transmits another message. The silence doesn't say, I don't know what to say. The silence says, I don't really care. Right. Right. And it's probably louder than, exactly. even if they're clunky words, it's exactly. still louder. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. 
And people do not stay where they don't feel important, where they don't feel valued. People leave. And more than anything else, if nothing else, organizations care about bottom line, right? When you sit down, you have a, a real talk with people. They do care about their staff. They just don't know what to say. And so that's when I started to say, hey, you know what? I know a lot about this. I just haven't been talking about it. So I just started to add that to my repertoire. And once I did that, companies came knocking on my door very, very often. You know, there's a little bit of a similarity here and some patterns that keep coming up in your story. And it's, you know, it literally is all coming back to that voice, having a voice, using it, mm-hmm. speaking up, speaking out, mm-hmm. and just holding space for your truth. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. It's beautiful. It's amazing. There's so much in there for each and every one of us to take away. Yeah. And I'm curious, as you shifted, then you also help other therapists with their private practice. Yes. Tell me how that came to be. Yeah, I think, you know, as I became more confident in my message on social media and I started having the opportunity to speak in television media around my work, Therapists began to pay attention and say, oh, there's someone that seems to know what she's doing. <laughs> and so, and also too, I, I got certified in clinical supervision in my work. You have to, as a therapist, you have to connect with someone who can help you throughout your work. And so I became certified in that. And so I started getting other therapists coming to me saying, how did you, how did you social media get successful? How do you separate your business from your personal finances? How do you do the thing? How do you manage without getting burnt out? How do you get a full caseload? How do you hire other people? People just started recognizing that I seemed to be, maybe they were maybe 10 steps behind and they just wanted a guy. They just wanted someone to say, you know, how do you, so I my DMs started blowing up. How did you, how did you, how did you? And so I thought, this is really great, but it's also showing me that there's another stream here. There's another part to my business. Right. And so I started to try to streamline that and say, here's an offering. And so it, it, I think it just, I started to realize the things that therapists out there need that they don't have access to because and no shade to the, the, the psychotherapy schools out there. But what's happening is that they're graduating these therapists and no one's taking their hand saying, here's how you do the thing. So I am I, with my years of experience. With my skill, with my joy, we're working around social media and connecting in the news and working in the consulting area. I am more than happy to say, hey, here, come on over here. Let me show you how the thing is done. (laughs) That's amazing. And again, it all comes back to stepping up, stepping out, using your voice. You know, when you see something, calling it out. Yeah. That community for you, the connection, the, the conversations, like all of those things keep coming at play. Roxanne, it can't always have been roses and unicorns of incredible success. And (laughs) wow, look at me. Now I'm doing this. Now I've got this. Now this path. What have been some of the biggest challenges that you faced along your journey? The biggest challenges, I think, are not being sure. I, like many people, I like to know that if I'm going to step out and do the thing, it's going to (laughs) work. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you want the crystal ball. <laughs> you want the tea leaves to fall just yeah. right. <laughs> yes. And so that, that has been challenging. It's feeling like, feeling like I don't know how to do the thing. 
right? You know, you're right. It hasn't always been amazing. And so sometimes I feel alone. Sometimes I feel like I don't know how to do the thing. Sometimes I get overwhelmed. And before I had an assistant, before I even hired anybody else, before I had a team, it was, it was just me. I was the receptionist. I was the intake. I was the answer of all the emails and I would be replying to voicemail and I would be full with clients all day. And I was completely overwhelmed and it was impacting my work because I would get time sensitive emails, but I have clients all day. So I'm not getting to that till seven o'clock at night. It, it, it was impacting. It was definitely impacting. But I think to your point at the beginning about networking, I think that has been really, really helpful. I'm not afraid to network. I used to be, <laughs> but I'm not now. And networking has really helped me access the support that I need because people, I, I've been so blessed with people who are not about gatekeeping. And so they've said, hey, here's this person who's, who've helped me. Here's this person who's helped me. And it has really, really, I've been able to tap into some of those supports. And that's really, really been a game changer for me. That's amazing. That's And I think that there's two pieces to what you're saying that is so important for our listeners to hear. You know, the first is, I just, I want to be sure. Yes. <laughs> Before I make a big move, I want to be sure. And then I want to talk about my second point in a minute. But how do you be sure? Well, you can't. And that's the, that's the challenge. But you can... With, with support, with the right support, you can make an educated guess, right? And, and, and try to get the odds in your favor. And that's been, I think that's been my thing. You, you can't really be sure. But if you are, if you pay attention to trends in your business, if you pay attention to data, if you pay attention to where you're getting the revenue, then you can make shifts along the way to carve out a path for yourself to have the odds in your favor. Yeah. Right. And you can, you can pivot before things go too far down the wrong path. Yeah, I think that's that's been helpful for me and getting getting really good coaches who know what they're doing. When I first thought about getting a coach, I thought there's so many coaches out there. Everybody seems to be a coach. I don't need, you know, I'm just going to be throwing my money away. But I connected with people who said, here are the coaches who have helped me. These people are worth their salt. This is the, these are the results that have come from working with these people. And it's been a game changer. That's where that network feeds into them. Yes. If you're not networked and connected That's right. and going into community and asking for help, then you don't get information like that. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Which is that? Yeah. That's beautiful. I have two questions and then I'll let you go. Yeah, for sure. First question is, what do you know now that you wished you knew when you started this journey? I know that you don't get anywhere alone mm -hmm. and that you must reach across the table. I heard from someone a long time ago, and I've, I've really held on to this, that the reason that the Dead Sea is dead is because it gets a flow in, but it does not flow out. And so it's all great to learn from people and get from people and have people invest in you. But if you are not lifting as you climb, if you are not setting the elevator back down, then it's only a matter of time <laughs> before your sea starts to die. Right. Right. And what I know now is that I have to stay connected and that I have to reach out to support others. There's one more thing that I have learned along the way. And it's that I have more inside of me than I recognize. If I just stay in the corner 
and whisper about it. Mm-hmm. And not only am I not serving myself, but I'm not, listen, there are other people whose lives are going to be changed by what we have. And if we stay in the corner and just whisper about it, we are doing them a disservice. Right. It's not about us. It's about them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's beautiful. I embrace yeah. that every single day. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I'm with you, Roxanne. I hear you loud and clear. So what's next for you? I mean, you've got so many beautiful options in front of you. And I yeah. know that each has its own individual growth plan. Tell us yeah. about each of them. Yeah, for sure. So my goal at this point is to expand my practice. I have a group practice with wonderful therapists and yeah, I plan to expand nationally. Right now, my outfit is only in Ontario and hopefully that's not, that won't be the case for long. Yeah. My plan is to have therapists from all across the country because I have therapists in my supervision group from across the country. And so my plan is to expand the Francis psychotherapy umbrella and have other clinicians come under who can work with my team, but serve individuals in their own province. So oh, I love that. that world, Francis psychotherapy is about to become national. The other piece is I, I, I will be growing the consulting arm of my work. I'll be growing that internationally. And in the very, very short term, for the therapists out there who are listening, the therapists and, 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 the, and the new coaches, I host what is now a yearly event called the Therapist's Lounge. And that is a space where therapists can come and feel seen. They can get connected. They, I will be opening the vault of all the people who have been helping me across the growth of my career so they can get legal, marketing, all the pieces, finance. They can get supports along, the, along those lines and also let their fear down because therapists, listen, therapists have it hard out here in these streets. <laughs> we are taking care of everybody and we are, I cannot tell you how many Facebook groups I've been in where therapists are saying, I'm breathing out and I want to leave the field and I want to yell, no, come on, let's, let's take care of each other so that you can, you can do the work that you've been called to do. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love it. And each of the arms is so, needed, impactful, important, and the work that you're doing within is going to have massive repercussions. I just, I applaud you. I'm on literally on my feet applauding you. I think it's terrific. Roxanne, people are going to want to follow you. They're going to want to connect with you. They're going to want to hear your voice as you continue to speak up and speak out about all your different endeavors. Where should they go to find you? Yes, you can find me on Instagram currently at Francis Psychotherapy. You can find me on the World Wide Web francispsychotherapy.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn. You can just search me, Roxanne Francis, and you can find me there. And I live on Facebook as well. That's also about to get a revamp. You can also find me on Facebook. Just search Francis Psychotherapy. I'm going to be doing lives and putting videos and mental health tidbits on there for you to find. So I'm happy. And, you know, slide into my DMs wherever you find me. I'm happy to connect with anybody. We can just start with a conversation and go from there. Fantastic. Well, it's just, I'm so thrilled that you came to, to the podcast today. Thank you for sharing your journey and dropping all of those truth, truth bombs. And really what you've done is given people a kick in the pants to get heard. <laughs> and the only way to get heard is to speak up and speak out and get That's right. That's right. Take it out the space. Take it all up. 100%. Thank you for your time today. Thank you so much for having me, Sheila. Okay. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to The Road to Seven. 
If you found value in what you've heard today, please leave us a five-star rating and a written review. You might just get a shout-out on an upcoming episode, and you never know when I'm going to be mailing some surprise treats to our reviewers. Make sure to subscribe so you automatically get notified when new episodes are released. Are you looking for a way to connect with other entrepreneurs that are facing the same challenges as you? I'd love to connect with you in the Road to 7 Facebook group on Instagram and LinkedIn. Just head to SheilaCummins.com. You will find all the links that you need right there. Together, we'll explore more ways to support your shift into action so that you can grow your business to finally match your vision. I love aligning your vision of success with strategic and intentional actions because that is how we will grow your business to match your vision. I focus on women, all women, because women hold the keys and the power to creating a powerful and positive world through their impact. We'll see you on the next episode.